are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Welcome back, family, to the Storm Tracker Podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin, representing for CanesCounty.com, part of the Rivals.com network. Make sure you subscribe to CanesCounty.com for free. Use the promo code Miami 30. And this is our weekly segment, uh, but it's kind of the end of the year segment, scouting the opponent. And today I've got Mike Broadbent from RutgersRivals.com uh, to discuss the Pinstripe Bowl coming up on Thursday. Thanks for joining me today, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me, Marcus. So here we are. Uh, we're in our bowl week, and both of these teams kind of have something to prove here. Uh, Rutgers is on a, a four-game skid right now, albeit it was some tough opponents, and Miami is just trying to finish the season strong with uh, their first bowl win in a, in a pretty long time, uh, about seven years uh, since Miami has won a bowl game. So first, I just kind of wanted to discuss, you know, Rutgers season uh, because it's been, you know, it started off pretty good with, with a couple of solid wins. But like I mentioned before, uh, a four game skid right now. So how would you sum up this season? I would sum up the season as a success. Uh, Greg Schiano, this is year four of his 2.0 era, um, as many of you know, you know, his first era, you know, he took over one of the worst programs in college football, turned them into a perennial bowl team, which in Excel was a huge success. I know he flirted actually with the Miami job in 2006. Yeah. Uh, but he, uh, this season, you know, it was bowl game robust almost like the everything was kind of geared towards making a bowl game. They got to six wins in October, which I think everybody was surprised by. So they started off six and two. Uh, they were led with a hard-nosed defense, um, who's top 25, I believe, overall. Um, just well-balanced in terms of the run in the pass. And they were led by the running game. Kyle Manungai led the Big Ten in rushing this year with almost 11 hard yards rushing. Um, they struggled a bit on uh, in the pass game. But this, if you were to told any Rutgers fan, you know, we're going to be 6-6 six and six going to a New York City Bowl before the season, I think everybody would have accepted it. I think when you kind of look at things where we were at the start of November, I think people would have been a little disappointed to know we finished six and six starting six and two, but overall it was success, a successful season for sure. Yeah. I, I could say the same for Miami. Uh, just compared to last year's, uh, you know, five win season, just to have a winning season and to be playing a bowl game right now, right now, the season is a success because you have guaranteed a winning season with that seventh win. But uh, Miami wants to finish off strong, as uh, I'm sure uh, Rutgers does. Uh, if I were to sum summarize kind of Miami season, it's it feels like a season that probably could have been even better <laughs> yeah. uh, because of some close losses and just some untimely turnovers uh, by their quarterback, um, you know, Tyler Van Dyke, uh, who's now off to Wisconsin. Um, I'm just going to roll out a totally new uh, quarterback that hasn't seen the field this year in Jakari Brown. Um, but with Rutgers, they do have some talent. You mentioned, you know, the running back. Uh, how would you assess this team as far as talent wise? Because when people talk about Miami or the fan base talks about Miami, 
they they always mention that it's a talented team. So how talented is Rutgers? How how would you say they match up with Miami? Um, in terms of talent wise, I would say Rutgers isn't a whole lot more talented this year than they were last year. I just think the the upgrade in coaching has been substantial. So they went from a bunch of coaches who were hired mainly because they were really good high school coaches in the area and they replaced them with guys who coached over a decade in the NFL. So they replaced their wide receivers coach with Dave Brock, who coached all over in college, but he also coached for the Atlanta Falcons and a couple other teams. They replaced their offensive line coach with Pat Flaherty, who was a an NFL coach for over 20 years. He had two Super Bowl wins with the Giants as their offensive line coach. And they replaced their offensive coordinator. Kirk, um, they replaced Sean Gleason, who previously coached for one year at Oklahoma State, but previously spent a bunch of years at Princeton with a guy in Kirk Soraka who spent decades as a Power 5 offensive coordinator. So just the upgrade in coaching, I think, has elevated the floor of this team. I would say that Rutgers is not as talented as Miami by any means, but I do think that the motivation is more so there for Rutgers because this is a team. I don't know if you followed it at all with what's happened this offseason with Rutgers. I guess it's not quite the offseason yet, but Rutgers has had high profile announcements of about 10 senior starters, or it is 10, um, who are coming back next year due to NIL driven uh, things. They, they probably all would have been late round draft picks, but to get that many guys to come back and not enter the portal just kind of shows how strong the culture is at Rutgers. And all these guys are coming back because they want to win a bowl game. They want to elevate the program even more next season. And I know it's a bit of the opposite right now with Miami because you guys have lost a lot of starters since the season ended. You're on, you know, you said Shakari Brown's your third string starter. I know you've lost a couple interior offensive linemen, your two starting safeties. Um, so it, it is a bit different in terms of the, the the personnel because Rutgers will have basically everyone, and Miami won't have uh, nearly everyone that they could have had. So I do think that. Uh, Talent-wise, they're probably at the closest they've been in a while because of your defections and because of all the guys Rutgers is not losing. You know what? That makes sense of why this line has moved so dramatically. I, I don't know if you've, you've kind of seen yep. that, but Miami started out as, as almost like a four-point favorite when the bowl game was first announced, and now Rutgers is a, is a one-point favorite, and I think it really does have to do with all of the defections that you talked about and all of the players coming back to Piscataway uh, for the following season and, of course, for the bowl game. Yeah, you mentioned um, all the players that Miami will be without. Uh, Don Chaney, running back, um, you know, played a lot of games this season. He is in the transfer portal. Uh, they lose their number one wide receiver one uh, in Colby Young. Um, I believe he's going to Georgia. I'm not sh I'm not sure if that's been officially announced yet, uh, but I, I know Georgia was the favorite. Um, and then, of course, Tyler Van Dyke, um, you know, going off to Wisconsin. The two safeties are, are now going off to the NFL. They're starting defensive tackle also off to the NFL, and Leonard Taylor could likely be a first or second round pick. But this team is young, and like, like we mentioned before this podcast, uh, Miami's building through recruiting, and there's a bunch of young guys on this team that are looking to really kind of show what they can do and they'll get that opportunity against Rutgers in the pinstripe bowl. Um, should be a great atmosphere. Are you a Yankee fan by, by any chance? Or, or not? I am not a Yankee fan. So I'm from South Jersey. So I am a Philly sports fan. Uh, so I, 
Okay. <laughs> I know a lot of people, a lot of Rutgers fans give me grief for it. Cause as you can see, I got an Eagles hat on, but, uh, I do not, uh, don't hide my, my allegiances. I'm not a, a New York sports fan really at all. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Um, you know, uh, Philly sports fans can relate to Miami sports fans, especially within these past years. It's been a lot of uh, success, but close, like, heartbreak. <laughs> a lot of heartbreak. The... Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely uh, hear you there. Uh, so let's talk more about this game. And I, I've got uh, one of the better games that Rock, Rutgers played this year against Indiana uh, mm-hmm. playing here. But, um, you know, what kind of offense should – Miami expect on on Thursday afternoon. So Rutgers' whole game plan this entire season, when they've had success, their game plan has been run, 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 run. run. If they could run every single play, they would. Not like triple option stuff, but just the same three or four concepts. They want to just run the ball and make you stop them to force the pass because Rutgers has had a lot of trouble um, at the quarterback position this year in terms of accuracy. Uh, So you know, you're showing the Indiana game, which is one of the better games of the season for Rutgers. That was the game they got to six wins. But there was yeah. a lot of games where Rutgers got behind and they just have no answer offensively right now um, in terms of coming back in games. So they want to basically use the defense to force turnovers or force, or force stops and then just run the game out, you know, take the air out of the ball. I think one of the, the coaches who love the, the new clock rules most is Greg Schiano because it can cut off, you know, five to 10 offensive plays for the other team. If he can hold the ball long enough, uh, like I said, previously Kyle Manungai led the big 10 in rushing this year. And that's no surprise because we just basically rode him as our, as our lead back. Gavin Wimsett had another 500 yards rushing on his own and nine touchdowns, I believe. So this is a, a game where if Rutgers has success early running the ball and can, and cause some stops early uh, defensively, they're going to try and run the ball as much as possible when they've fallen behind in games and they've had to throw is when they've really struggled because Gavin Winsett just isn't there yet as a passer. So if Miami is able to have success in this game, it's primarily because they're able to stop the run and they're able to force Rutgers into third and longs into passing situations where they're not really comfortable, uh, you know, operating the offense. So I would say if the offense Rutgers wants to run is basically you know, run on first down, get four yards, run on second down, get four, three yards, set up a, a third and short and uh, an easy to to gain uh, third down conversion or just avoid third down at all. Um, but they want to run the ball first and foremost and second most and third most. I, I think that might be good news for Hurricanes fans <laughs> just because <laughs> uh, they've, been, they've been pretty good at stopping the run uh, this season. Uh, it, you know, just third down, you know, is always is always tricky. Um, and if there is a strength on this defense, I would say it would be stopping the run, especially with uh, Frisco Malanoa, the transfer from Washington State. He's been pretty outstanding, and he's one of those guys that announced that he's returning. So he's going to, of course, be in this game and, and um, you know, show what he can do. And I'm sure <laughs> Mononga. And Malanoa <laughs> will have plenty of, plenty of meetings on the mm-hmm. field uh, in the Bronx. Um, but what about defensively? Um, obviously, like like I said, I talked about Miami's going to roll out their third-string quarterback out there who is, who is an outstanding athlete. He's a four-star out of uh, Valdosta, Georgia. 
in, uh, in Lowndes High School. Uh, he is just an outstanding athlete. A lot of people say he may be the fastest player on the team. So what kind of defense do you expect Greg Schiano and staff to, to roll out? Uh, I expect them to try and pressure uh, Jakari Brown as much as possible. Rutgers faced a few first-time quarterbacks this year. Um, Kyron Drones is one that comes to mind for Virginia Tech. I don't, I don't know if you guys played Virginia Tech this year, but Rutgers was able to face him on his first career start, and they did try and bring pressure. He did have success on the on the ground, though, and, and through the air, honestly. He, he, had, he was better than I expected him to be. Um, but I, you know, if, if I'm Rutgers – defensive coordinator i'm trying to put pressure on him even at the expense of you know maybe leaving a passing lane or passing window open um ruckers hasn't really gone to you know the blind brian flores type like all out blitzes uh this season very often um but greg Ciano has tended to shift things up most when there's a lot of prep time like the ohio state game which was coming off by they threw out some new concepts that they hadn't run before you know, he's had success traditionally in bowl games. Um, his last five bowl games in his first 1.0 era, he he won each one. So I do expect uh, some new wrinkles, both offensively and defensively. And you could expect to see some more exotic fronts in terms of blitzes as well. I think they're more likely to, to blitz more than to drop more. I, I don't think they'll play this conservatively. All right. Um, I know Jakari Brown's going to have to make plays, you know, because uh, this defense, it might be a little bit underrated, I, I guess, uh, on the national scale, I, from from what I've seen uh, statistically, um, you know, in, in the top 20 when it comes to coverage. Uh, so I, I think that's where their strong suit is. And Jakari Brown has kind of yet to show that he can throw the ball effectively. So, I would imagine Brown is probably going to have to scramble for first downs and really kind of improvise and, and maybe we'll see, you know, some triple option action going on. Mm -hmm. I kind of never know now with these bowl games, what you're going to see with so many new players, uh, you know, and a lot of players, of course, sitting out. Let's talk X factors though. Um, and I'll just kind of throw out for Miami. Uh, you have, one of the more explosive players for Miami in a Brashard Smith. Um, if he's used in uh, in conjunction with a Jakari Brown, that could be a deadly combination. But the most reliable is clearly Xavier Restrepo. He's the top receiver, uh, one of the tops in the in the ACC. I think he was only just behind Malik Washington uh, from Virginia as far as uh, catches and yards. So I, I would say he's the most reliable player. And Brashard Smith was probably the most dangerous. Who do you think would be the X factors for Rutgers in this game? Um, I'll give you a unit as an X factor. I think the Rutgers defensive line versus the Miami offensive line will be a great matchup. Rutgers has a really solid defensive line filled with upperclassmen who are all going to be eligible to play in this game. Um, versus a Miami line who I know has a lot of accolades but has lost – quite a few of their starters, at least two starters from the season into this bowl game. So I, I think Miami has better backup talent than Rutgers by far, but I do think that uh, this, this matchup will be key in terms of if Rutgers can generate pressure consistently with four uh, against this Miami offensive line, I do think that'll be the X factor in the game. If they can't, 
and Jakari Brown can kind of sit around and just wait for, you know, either the first or second read to, to, to open up or, you know, to run because he's a very good athlete. I've heard him compare to Vince Young. Um, this is going to be a long game for Rutgers because Rutgers traditionally has struggled against mobile quarterbacks. Um, so I do think that if we can't, you know, pressure Jakari Brown, we can't, you know, rattle him a bit to force some, some uh, untimely throws, I think it'll be a good day for Miami. But if we are able to, uh, to force pressure, uh, I think Rutgers will have a good day. The other X factor, you know, I already talked about him, is Kyle Manungai. This is a guy who Rutgers has leaned on all season uh, to be the, you know, the, the horsepower of their offense. If, if he's getting bottled up early, if he's not able, cause he's pretty consistently able to make the first guy miss, he's getting hit a lot behind the line of scrimmage. Um, and he's able to produce positive yards. He's a guy that just, one of those guys who doesn't really physically impress you much, but when you watch him run, he's always falling forward. He's always kind of taking the most efficient uh, running routes wherever he's going on the field. He just kind of is one of those guys who knows where he, how to get somewhere the fastest he possibly can. Uh, if he's not able to, to produce early, I, I am a little worried about this game. So those are probably my two X factors, Rutgers, offense, Rutgers defensive line and Kyle Manungai. Awesome stuff from Mike Broadbent. Uh, covering Rutgers here for Rivals.com. So let's get to the outcome uh, of, of this game. Uh, like like we mentioned earlier, this line has moved uh, a whole five points, uh, <laughs> which is which I think is a lot uh, to yeah. move. Um, you know, in a couple of weeks here, Miami is is going to be hungry here, um, but I see definitely see a path for Rutgers winning this game. Uh, just because they're, you know, pretty good w when it comes to stopping the pass, and you've got a player who's going to be playing his first game uh, of the season. Although I've heard some good things about him in practice uh, this week, but kind of hear that from every player, right? Every player looks kind of yeah. good in practice. Yeah. Uh, but but if you had to make a prediction, Mike, on how this game turns out, uh, what would you say and why? I. I just think Rutgers has more motivation uh, going into this game. They'll have a more complete team in terms of the the composition that they started with versus where they're at now. You know, Miami, I think I read, has lost 10 starters since the end of the season, uh, including, you know, the top two quarterbacks. Rutgers is playing in its first true bowl game in nine years. Uh, I know they played in the Gator Bowl uh, 2001 or 2021, but they only had six days of preparation from the time Texas A&M had a COVID outbreak to the time where they actually played the game. And so that really was a very, that's not a true bowl experience. They, they basically got to, <laughs> they got to the bowl and were obliterated by Wake Forest. But I think this is a game that the entire program knows how important it is to win. They have the whole team coming back. Um, I just see this as a game Rutgers finds a way to win. It's, you know, we're playing in the Northeast Rutgers is, you know, Rutgers could basically sleep in their own beds if they wanted to, their whole team, and then roll out to play this game on a Thursday afternoon. I don't, I don't know how motivated Miami will be to play in this game. Um, so I, I think Rutgers wins. I don't think it'll be a particularly high scoring game. If I had to put a prediction as to a score, I would say something like 24 17 Rutgers. Um, and like you said, the line has moved significantly. And I'm not surprised by that. I don't think Rutgers is a more talented team than Miami, but I do think that Rutgers will come into this game kind of treating it like they would treat a Super Bowl 
whereas Miami might kind of sleepwalk through it more so. And this is not <laughs> me being scientific by any means, but uh, just from kind of, you know, who's still on the team for Miami, the expectations you guys had coming into the season were pretty high and Rutgers was just kind of hoping to get to this point. So this is more of a culmination point. Whereas for Miami, I feel like it's more of, you know, a consolation prize, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And when you look at Miami's history in bowl games, it, it, it's really not the best. I mean, uh, they usually don't come out motivated uh, for bowl games. Um, like we discussed before this podcast, uh, I think expectations are maybe a little bit unrealistic for, for fans. And I think that maybe permeates to the team. Uh, but it's a different staff here, man. It, it, it really is. Uh, under Mario Cristobal and, and these guys, they they really have this team motivated in, in a different way. I mean, they've suffered some deflating losses uh, this season. Um, uh, the one at Georgia Tech, uh, I don't want to yeah. speak about too much. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know. That's the one I was going to bring up, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was just a deflating loss. And, you know, you saw the frustration on uh, on the players' faces and their reactions afterwards. But, you know, they came out uh, pretty motivated. Uh, you know, they did lose uh, the following game to North Carolina, but it, it, you could tell that they they put it out all on the line uh, for that game and every game afterwards. There's There's been a 100% effort. I think if this was one of those previous regimes, um, of course, I've been following this team forever, um, but – I would probably agree with you. I would say, okay, yeah, this team's not going to be motivated. It's going to be, you know, super cold. It's going to be nice in a baseball stadium. The aesthetics will be mm-hmm. nice, right? Uh, but I think this team is, is really motivated to kind of show what they can do. But it all it all depends on Jakari Brown and if he really is making progress throwing the football because we all know he's a dynamic runner, but Rutgers could put eight, eight in the box and then, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> right. Uh, so, so yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure Rutgers will have a spy on, on Brown for the entire game and trying to drop defenders into coverage to try to bait him into throws. And, and th- there's nothing that I've seen on the field from Jokari Brown, um, at least this season and, you know, because I've only seen him in the spring and some practice, uh, but there's nothing that tells me that will happen. I'm hoping and that he doesn't uh, or does uh, progress, I guess, from what I've seen in the spring, but there's, it's, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell, man. And, and I, I think that's why this spread is basically pick them at yep. this point. And, and since you picked Rutgers, uh, I'll just pick Miami just for the sake of picking them. Do I <laughs> believe it? No. Do would I wager it? Uh, no, I would not. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say Miami wins by a point, you know, but because I, I think this is going to be a close game. I could see it uh you know maybe getting out of hand the other way to Rutgers uh because you know they've got so many guys coming back with I would say probably more experience than Miami um but yeah you you never know and this is a real it's gonna be a real culture defining game for Miami and Miami's been kind of all about culture or, or Cristobal staff has been 
all about just kind of infusing a new culture down down here in Miami. So we'll see what happens on Thursday afternoon. Um, but it, it should be a, a, a nice uh, chess match, though, for sure, between the old buddies of Mario Cristobal and Greg Schiano. Yeah, I know that Mario was uh, Greg's first offensive line coach when he was at Rutgers. They worked together, I believe. Mario was a GA down at uh, Miami when Greg was there as the DC. So they go back a long time. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because they, they know each other well. They, they actually have a similar coaching philosophy. I know both are pretty conservative. Yeah. They hate turnovers. They want to kind of establish themselves, the hard-known, gritty kind of uh, you know identity for each team. So I think it'll be kind of a matchup of two very similar, at least teams that want to act similar. Um, I don't know how you know hard nosed or gritty Miami is because I haven't seen a ton of their games, but yeah, they both want to play the same style of game ultimately. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll see that type of game on Thursday afternoon. That's a 2:15 kick from the Bronx, New York, Yankee Stadium. That is Mike Broadbent, ladies and gentlemen, uh, representing for the Night Report, a uh, part of the Rivals.com network for Rutgers. That's going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast, scouting the opponent. Make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel live from Canes County and also subscribe to this podcast on all platforms, the Storm Tracker podcast. Until the next episode.